0: My name is Joe Gadbois, today's topic is pruning. So we're going to go over the basics of pruning. It's mid-April, actually getting into late April now. It's the perfect time to prune most trees and shrubs, okay? The trees and shrubs are still dormant. Uh, The buds in some cases may be starting to swell, but they're not actually leafing out yet. So this is when for most things you want to be pruning. Good example is this guy. This is a wayfaring tree. So it's a type of viburnum. Now what I want to make sure that I emphasize here is what the exceptions are. The things that you are not pruning at this time of year. Because it's a shorter list than what you can prune. So some things would be evergreens, right? So things like junipers, like this guy behind me, pines, spruce, any kind of evergreen. Those you're not pruning right now. And the reason for that is that evergreens do not produce new growth from, uh, you know, old growth. So if if you cut, in this case, if you cut into any of this old growth here, you're never going to see it rejuvenate from that cut. So in some cases you can do it where you don't notice the cut. But if I take something like this and cut into this old growth, you're going to have a stump there forever. So if, for example, you have you know, a tall cedar or a pine um, and you cut the top off or something like that, it's going to be permanently disfigured for the rest of its life. So with evergreens, you're only ever pruning the new growth, the soft tips that come out. And that happens usually in our climate in June. So that's when you prune evergreens, not now. Um, Another thing that you would not prune at this time of year is things like uh, maples and birch. Both of those plants are bleeding sap at this time of year. Grapes fall into that category too. So if you prune them now, it's not necessarily going to kill them, but it will create a terrible mess because they will bleed sap everywhere. So with uh, maples, birch and grapes, you're pruning those guys after they've fully leafed out. So into, you know, later May, June. spring flowering shrubs so lilacs mock orange that type of thing that only flower in the springtime if you prune those now you're pruning off all of the flower buds Um, so you want to prune those immediately after flowering is finished but everything else most of your shrubs most of your trees your fruit trees this is the time of year to prune them. So I want to talk about, um, you know, the best pruning tools and kind of your bread and butter pruning tools that you need. Bypass pruners like these are your number one go to, you're going to use these for almost anything so basically up to around an inch thick cut so most of your cuts are done with these and um, it's really important that you invest in the highest quality pruning tools that you can afford. You want to have a sharp blade that's long-lasting and easy to hone. That's really important because if you have you know dull blades um, you're not going to create clean cuts when you're pruning and that can easily result in lack of healing Uh, insect and disease problems. So getting a clean cut is really important. So at the very least, something like these Coronas, these are a really good sort of mid-range pruner. They're Canadian made, so they're in like the $40 price range and they're really, really good quality for for the price. So that's kind of, like I say, a mid-range pruner. This would be kind of the cheapest that I would recommend, to be honest with you. If you want to go higher end, you can go with the Swiss made Felcos and these literally will last a lifetime if you look after them. They stay sharp forever and they're very easy to hone. When it comes to honing, you want to do this at least on an annual basis. So before you start going out and pruning, make sure your blades are sharp and you can pick up a simple honing tool like this to do that. It's very easy to use. Make sure that your blades are sharp. The next one is loppers. So loppers are used for a little bit larger cut. They work the same as a bypass pruner but they have these longer handles for leverage. So up to like in more of the two inch thickness range of branches is what those are used for. And the last one I'll show you is the pruning saw. And the pruning saw is honestly one of the all around best gardening tools because you can use it for so many things. This is meant for quite large branches like in the 4 to 5 inch thickness range. Um, But it it, uh, folds up so it's easy to carry around. A lot of them actually have like a belt clip so you can just clip it onto your belt. And uh, but this doubles not only as something that you can use for, um, you know, pruning branches, it's really good for cutting back perennials. So it makes it so easy with daylilies, ornamental grasses, these thick kind of um, bushy plants that you have to cut back, it saws through them like butter, so really good tool to have even just for the garden. And then one last product that I'll show you that you may need to use from time to time with pruning is lac balsam. So this is sort of the modern iteration of pruning tar which is something that was used years ago to seal wounds on cuts and uh, breaks that sort of thing. Lac balsam is much better than the old uh, pruning tar because it actually breathes and um, so it is just much better for the tree when you're applying this. This is not something that you need for general pruning. If you're doing good cuts at the correct time of year with sharp pruners and you have nice clean cuts, you do not need to use this. This is more for if, let's say, a branch falls off in the wind and it leaves a really nasty uh, wound on the tree, you would apply this then. Or if you end up having to prune during the coldest part of the winter or in the fall, you can use this to help seal wounds up as well. Uh, Because if you prune at that time of year, there's a risk of winter injury from having those open wounds that don't get time to heal. Okay, So now as as far as pruning itself, just to give a basic overview, um, there's two sort of main techniques when it comes to pruning trees and shrubs, which are heading back and thinning out. So at this time of year both of those tasks but especially thinning out are made easier because you can actually see the structure of the plant. When we talk about thinning out that means you're actually removing entire branches or limbs from the plant. And one of the things that you want to really focus on is removing branches that are crossing and rubbing against each other. So you can see that here where these two branches are rubbing because they're crossing and this will start to cause wounds over time so it's not good to have. So in this case I would actually remove this entire branch that's growing up through multiple other branches. What you're trying to encourage is growth that's moving outward from the center of the shrub. So any branches that are growing in towards the center should be removed and that's what thinning out is. Um, Heading back is when you're literally just sort of um, shortening branches. So you're cutting branches back and heading back is something that will encourage fuller growth in plants Um, because every time you head a branch back it's going to cause more shoots to start growing so it's a really good way to get a nice thick Um, you know, well-formed shrub or tree if you're doing heading back every year. Make sure that when you do a heading cut, you are cutting back to an outward facing branch, right? So let me find a good example here. Um, You know, like you could cut this part out and just cut it right back to here where you have an outward facing branch coming, right? Just to give you an example of what that looks like. Um, And again, always cutting back to those outward-facing branches because you want to encourage growth outwards, away from the center, not towards the center of the plant. Um, Another tip is if we come over to this uh, pine over here, So we're not seeing it now. You can kind of just start to see them forming, but pines, their new growth is sort of candles that come out of the top. And every evergreen has kind of a similar thing where you'll you'll very clearly see that the new growth comes out softer and a different color, usually a lighter color from the rest of the plant. So again, you'll see that in June and that's when evergreens are pruned. Um, but if you're trying to keep a nice you know dense plant and if you're trying to keep it at a certain size the first thing I'll say is there's a very hard limit to how much you can keep a plant dwarf so it's really important that you especially with evergreens select plants that are the appropriate size for where you're planting them there's a lot of dwarf varieties available so if you don't have space don't plant and evergreen whose mature height will be too large for where you're planting it. But to, to keep them as compact as possible and nice and full, just pinching that new growth every season um, will make a huge difference. If this plant hadn't been pinched from the new growth every season, you would have, you know, bare exposed branches in the center, it would not look as pretty as it does. Um, and a tip with pines in particular when you're pruning those candles um, if you use actual pruners to cut you will get burnt um, tips on the new growth so it's better to actually pinch or snap them off with your hands than to cut them with the pruners just kind of a tip there. Um, I guess the only other thing to really mention is there are certain shrubs um, as a general rule you want to not take off more than a third of a plant's total branching in one season. Okay, um, if you're doing more than that for most plants it can cause stress to the plant. Um, but there are some plants that you can get away with taking off more than that. Things like spireas, potentillas, you know, those are plants that grow back very vigorously and you can actually shear them continuously throughout the season to maintain a nice compact bushy habit. So. That is, uh, I think that's pretty much all I have for uh, information. Do we have uh, any questions?
1: Yeah, how do you prune ornamental grass?
0: So ornamental grass, um, I don't know if we can get close enough to it, but we have a bunch of them kind of in the background here. And you can see that you know, that's all last year's growth there. So that growth is dead, it's not coming back. So it all has to be cut back to about an inch above ground level. And you need to do that as soon as possible because grasses are gonna start coming up now. And uh, if you leave that old growth there, the new growth will come up through that and the plant will look half dead. And if you try cutting it back once the new growth is coming through there, you're gonna have a very sad looking grass because you're gonna be um, those types of grasses don't rejuvenate from the cut right so you're going to have like this flat topped grass so it it, and it's it's just not going to look good so get those cut back again to an inch above ground level as soon as possible. Uh, so that would be an example of something, any kind of like flowering plum, which is likely what that is. Cherries don't really grow here, um, at least not the ornamental types don't uh, really grow here. So if it's like a flowering crab apple or a flowering plum, those should be pruned immediately after blooming. If you, pr- if you prune them right now, you're going to lose this year's flowers. So make sure you wait and do it right after flowering.
1: I have quite a few branches in my mock orange that grow straight up. When would I prune this and do I remove those to ground level?
0: So in that case, it sounds like a water sprout type thing with the mock orange. Um, And that is the kind of growth that you can get from stress, from excessive pruning if you've done that in the past. When you have these tall sort of water sprouts that shoot up, usually those don't produce flowers anyway. So my suggestion would be cut those back to ground level right away.
1: Okay, Uh, dead area on huge cedars, suggestions?
0: So dead areas on cedars and other evergreens. um, Unfortunately that's a that's a tough one to deal with. You can sort of shake off the needles and see if anything comes out from there as we start getting into, you know, May and June. But most likely you're going to end up having to cut that section out. And then over time, hopefully the new growth from the surrounding areas will sort of grow in and, um, you know, cover that up. But it's, there's, there's no uh, quick fix for that one, unfortunately.
1: Sour cherry tree that's
0: too tall to pick the cherries. Okay, so pruning an old sour cherry tree, it's too tall to pick the cherries. Um, that guy, now is the time to prune that for sure. Um, It's a tricky one once they get to be a certain size. You ideally want to train fruit trees um, as they're growing to, you know, keep a nice low head on them. It's very, very difficult to correct a problem like that once the tree is already too tall. But my suggestion to you would be right now go out and, you know, take off up to a third of the growth Um, and you're probably going to want to do primarily heading cuts and primarily, you know, in the upper stories of the tree. Um, What is going to happen there is you're going to have sort of more fuller growth towards the center, Um, but there is unfortunately no way to bring the head down closer to the ground, right? So that's, again, that's something you need to do when the tree is younger, training it to produce a lower head.
1: Is it... Is it okay to prune an apple tree at this time?
0: Now is the perfect time to prune apple trees or any other type of fruit tree.
1: And what about lilacs?
0: Lilacs, you need to wait until after the flowers are finished. Um, If you prune them now, you'll lose all of this year's flowers. So it doesn't harm the plant. But lilacs, mock orange, those flowering plum trees, anything that's a spring blooming plant, if you prune it at this time of the year, you're pruning off the flower buds. So the key is to prune it immediately after flowering, like within a couple weeks, because if you wait too long, you'll prune next year's buds off
1: else can they find either this information or this video?
0: Okay, so if you uh, want to reference this video later on, it will be up on our YouTube channel. Um, Also, because this is our podcast, you can get the audio-only version through Spotify, so that'll be available as well, and you can view it through our Facebook page also. Um, As well, I have another video that's a little bit more in-depth on pruning that I filmed last year, which is up on our uh, YouTube channel, which is Greenland Gardens, you can check that out as well.
1: bought Japanese willow last year and planted it. Branches are quite dense. I'm wondering how to prune. Just shear or remove branches. Still one-third rule.
0: With willows, now with a Japanese willow, those are a little bit less vigorous typically than most willows are. Generally for willows, I'd say hack and slash because they're such vigorous growers. With a Japanese willow like the Hakuro Nishiki, those kind of variegated guys, you probably want to be a little bit more careful. Um, The one-third rule still applies. And I would go through and if it's just really super densely branched, do some thinning. So like I was saying, like I was showing you with this guy before, go through and remove any branches that are going towards the center of the plant and anything that's crossing or rubbing together.
1: Uh, are you guys open and is there online ordering curbside?
0: So for people who are wondering about whether or not we're open, whether or not we have curbside pickup, that kind of thing. So uh, garden centers are considered essential businesses in Alberta. So we are open to the public. Uh, We're still recommending curbside pickup or local delivery as your first choices for shopping with us. Um, We do have a lot of protocol in place in store to protect both our staff and our customers. So we're limiting the number of people that can enter. There's a full list of all of that protocol available on our website. Um, But again, if you do uh, want to come in to shop with us, you do have that option to do so in person. As far as Uh, curbside pickup and delivery goes Uh, there's a couple options for that our new online store is live it does have a limited selection of products on there but you can check it out it's greenlandgarden.store so you can place your orders directly from there for curbside pickup or local delivery. You can also check out the curbside pickup section of our website at GreenlandGarden.com and we have a number of products listed there with pictures and prices. And to place orders of that product you actually need to email us at gardening at or phone the store at 780-467-7557. And you know if you don't see what you're looking for listed there we have tons and tons of products that are not listed on the website Um, and of course you know our perennials our bedding plants our trees and shrubs those are still sort of just coming in or yet to come so feel free to give us a call for information on availability for that stuff.